Amen. Let's thank the worship team again. Round of applause for the worship team. Turn to the person on your right. Turn to the person on your right. Say to them, uh, thanks for sitting next to me. Thanks. Thanks for sitting next to me. They could have sat anywhere, and they sat next to you. How great is that? Turn to the person on your left. Say to them, your breath is minty fresh. Now gently pat the person in front of you on the back. Pat them on the back. Say to them, this morning your hair is perfect. Your hair is perfect. Perfect hair. Perfect. Perfect hair. Perfect hair. Now turn around to the person behind you. Say to them, you should buy me lunch. You should buy me lunch. God just laid that on my heart. You should buy me lunch. Well, if this weekend seemed fast to you, this weekend seemed really fast to me. Not getting here till almost Saturday morning, and then boom, boom, and now I fly out. Uh, love the opportunity I've had just to walk around and say hi to some people. I uh, loved giving out the dad hugs, gave out a bunch of dad hugs, and that's such a privilege for me. And it's still not too late, still not too late. If you went back to your room and thought, ah, oh, man, I should have gotten that, or God laid it on your heart like, you should do that. Just be vulnerable. Just be humble. Just go up to him and say, I want a dad hug. Then it's not too late. After the session is over, come up, or I'll be over at brunch, come up then, and I would be happy to do that. Not only have I loved being with you now, but I'd be happy to connect with you after the weekend. On the screen now, you're going to see some of my social media information. I want you to know that I read every message personally, and I respond to every message personally. So just be patient, because I do get a lot of messages, but I promise that I will get back to you. Instagram, Greg Ospeck, my email address. I'm still really hip, so I'm on Facebook. And then uh, my website, gregspeckministries.org, where you can just get more information about me. And uh, would just love to encourage you. If you want to just say, hey, Greg, would you pray for me? Or, hey, I have this question, or what about this situation? Uh, man, I'd be happy to get back to you, happy to help you out. And uh, I still have my stuff on the back table. And I just want to say, I want to encourage you to buy something even if you didn't like me. Even if you didn't like me as a speaker, I want to encourage you to get something because, come on, there's no use both of us going home disappointed. So please, please do that. Last night, we talked about our highest calling. And our highest calling is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength. And then to love one another. So we did this yesterday. I'm going to have us do it again today. What I want you to do is I want you to stand up and I want you to either give a high five or a hug to as many people around you as you can. Ready? Everybody stand up. Go. Do that. Go, go, go. Hugs or high fives? 
Be sure you're giving your family hugs and high fives. All right, go ahead and grab a seat. Good job. Now, this morning, I want to answer the question, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? This weekend is over, but 2023 is just beginning. So how do I get off on the right foot? Where do I go from here? And I want to just make two suggestions. Two suggestions. Number one is this. Don't depend on your feelings. Don't depend on your feelings. If I could make you a little wall hanging, if I could make you a little poster, if I could give it to you and you could hang it on your wall and you would look at it every day, it would say, feelings never last. Feelings never last. Feelings never last. You go to retreats, you go to conferences, you get excited, you meet with Jesus, you go home, and then students say to me, well, the feelings just fade. And I say to them, well, it's supposed to fade. You can't maintain some emotional high the whole time. We don't depend on our feelings. Feelings are a terrible indicator of reality. And feelings will lead you in the opposite direction you ought to go. For you who are parents, you who are adults, I want to take you back. I want to take you back to your teen years, okay? Will you just, just get that in your mindset? These are your teen years. You are a little younger, I'm going to accelerate you to your teen years. You who are already teenagers, that's perfect, you're right there. Remember the last time you went to a youth camp? Remember that? Hume, they come. They come here. They minister to thousands of students. And what happens? Well, you've got that special evening. And they call for a response, and you do respond. And, and you open your heart to Jesus, and you come to him for the first time, or you come back home. And then you go back to your dorms, and you sit up, and you talk, and you're so excited. And men... You do not know the secret lives of teenage women. But these teenage women go back to their dorms and they eat whole bags of potato chips, but they wash them down with a Diet Coke. So it all kind of works out. And then at about 3 o'clock in the morning, you fall asleep. And then that next morning, somebody's alarm goes off. And everybody in the room hears the alarm except for the kid who has the alarm. So after about two minutes of that beeping, you decide to get up and go to the bathroom. And you raise up, and the first thing that greeted you in the morning was this little pool of saliva... And as you raise up, it kind of strings up with you. Whoa, a rainbow. Whoa. But it's only half a puddle because the other half has dried and caked across your face. You have these gigantic eye boogers. Your breath could stop a charging rhino. 
you roll out of bed to go to the bathroom, forgetting you're in the upper bunk. Ah! But right beneath you, God has provided because your staff person is getting up at the same time and their body breaks your fall. You stagger into the bathroom and you look at your face in the mirror and you think to yourself, <laughs> I'm dead. And then this always happens. You're standing in the bathroom and this obnoxiously happy person bounds into the bathroom. Oh, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. <sighs> Do me a favor. Don't, don't be embarrassed by this. Be proud of this. Raise your hands nice and high if you're a morning person. Nice and high, morning person. Teenagers, raise your hand if you're a morning person. All of you. No, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up if you're a morning person. The rest of you, look around the room at these people with their hands up. Don't marry these people. Don't marry these people. All right, I'm just kidding. I married a morning person, and my wife all through school was a cheerleader. So she just wakes up perky. She just wakes up happy. But if you're at camp and you're standing there and this happy person bounds into the bathroom, try this. Do two things. Number one, turn and face them and smile. Take one giant step toward them and say, Hi. And you'll almost be able to see this green cloud move across the bathroom. It'll envelop their head, they'll pass out, and you'll feel better. Look, you woke up that morning, you didn't feel all fired up. You didn't feel all excited. You didn't feel Jesus. Does that mean somehow he deserted you? Does that mean that that last night was just a joke? And the answer is absolutely not. Our faith in Jesus Christ can never be based on how we feel at any certain time. Our faith in Jesus Christ is based upon the facts of God's word. And God's word is true no matter how you feel. What's more reliable, the word of God or your feelings? The answer is the word of God is more reliable. So let me point you to a wonderful verse. It's found in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. Hebrews 13, 5, it says this. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Never. Are you having a good day? Jesus is there. Are you having a hard day? Jesus is there. Do you feel him? Jesus is there. Do you not feel him? Jesus is there. Your feelings have absolutely no bearing on God's presence in your life at all. You can depend upon the fact that when you go here from Hume and you go home, Jesus is with you. So love him with all your heart. Love him with all your mind. Don't depend upon your feelings. Imagine, what would happen? 
What would happen if you ate every single day? If you ate every single day the way you eat at Thanksgiving? Just imagine that. No, that'd be ridiculous. Other than turkey, turn to the person next to you and tell them, what is your favorite food at Thanksgiving? What is it? Tell them. So that's good. Look, once a year we have Thanksgiving, and we enjoy it, and we embrace it, and we got turkey, and we've got ham, and we've got roast beast, and we got potatoes, and mashed potatoes, and baked potatoes, and potatoes all rotten, and we got vegetables, and we got a pecan pie, and we got apple pie, and we got pumpkin pie. We have all this great stuff, and we embrace it, but we don't expect to eat that way every day. Every once in a while, Jesus will give you a thanksgiving of feelings where you will sense his presence and you will embrace that and you will enjoy that, but you don't expect to feel that way every day. I want you to go home. Don't depend on your feelings. Depend on Jesus. And then secondly, number two, I just want you to walk with God. Number two, walk with God. The verse for that is 1 John chapter 2 and verse 6. 1 John 2, 6 says this. Whoever claims to... Let me try that again. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. I just want you to walk with him. Just walk with him. So I'm from Chicago area, so obviously Michael Jordan and I are good friends. And uh, I told him that I was coming here to Hume, and so he sent with me 400 pairs of Air Jordans. Okay? Uh, We got the shoe size off of your uh, application to come this weekend. And uh, what we do is we have the boxes that are set up now outside of the chapel. They're in alphabetical order. I'm going to dismiss you from here. I want you to go out and find your box of Air Jordans. All different colors, all different styles. They're just Michael Jordan's gift to you. Just go out and find those Air Jordans. When I say this at a youth retreat, teenagers look at me like, Really? Really? Is that, is that possible? Could he have carried 400 pairs of Air Jordans on the plane? Sure, it's possible. So I dismiss you. You go out. You find your Air Jordans. You slip them on. I go, great. Now everybody line up on this line. You line up on the line. I go, now, I'm going to fire this gun, and I want you to run for me 100 yards. Ready? <laughs> I fire that gun. I believe every one of us in here, unless we have a physical challenge, you could run 100 yards. Some of us would run it in 10 seconds, others of us <laughs> 10 minutes, but you could probably run 100 yards. I would say, wow, good job. High five. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah, 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 yeah. I go, now get back on the line. You get back on the line. I go, now, I'm going to fire the gun, and I want you to run for me over 26 miles without stopping. I'd fire that gun, 
And immediately three quarters of us would just go face down in the parking lot because we'd say, forget it. There's no way today I could run over 26 miles without stopping. Listen, friends, anybody can run a sprint, but to run a marathon, you got to train, you got to practice, you got to develop. That is true physically, that is true spiritually. Jesus Christ has not called you to a sprint. Jesus has not called you to go home from here and live for him for a week or two weeks or even a month. Now, that's a sprint. He's called you to go home and to spend a lifetime with him. That's a marathon. You need to walk with Jesus, and so you need to invest in your relationship with Christ. I want to tell you that this is God's very word. And I want you to know it is practical for the year 2023 and beyond. And I want to encourage you to spend time in the word. I want you to seek the Lord in the word. I do not want you to read it for message preparation. I want you to read it for personal application. I want you to spend time with God. Now, what I'm going to say to you right now is a little radical, a little off the chart, and you may find this hard to receive, but I just want to say it. I get called in to work with students who are struggling demonically. And that seems to be happening much more frequently now And the enemy seems to be coming out of the shadows more. And so they call me in to help a teenager who's demonized. And look, it's not something I look for. It's not something I seek. It's just you're available. I want you to know that when I walk in that room and I open this book and I read from this book, Demons hate this book. It hurts them when you read from this book. Do you know why? Because this is God's very word. This is his very word to us. And do you know what that says to me? If demons hate this book, we ought to love this book. We ought to look forward to spending time in this book. This book is life-changing. If you did nothing else for 2023 except to open the Word of God each day and spend some time reading it, I'm here to tell you that in and of itself would totally transform you. I want you to go home and I want you to walk with God. And I want you to spend time in prayer. Men, I'd like you to call your families together for prayer. Don't wait for your wife to do that, although wives, totally feel free to do that. But men, I'd like you to step out. And I'd like you to say to your children and to your wife, come on, we're going to sit down and we're going to pray together. 
Each day, men, if you're married, I want you to take your wife by the hand and I want you to pray with her every day. I have men who say this to me. Well, <clears throat> I don't, you know, I don't, I don't feel comfortable <clears throat> praying out loud. I don't, I don't, you know, I just, I don't feel comfortable. I go, yeah, okay. You didn't feel comfortable when you first read a bike, rode a bike either, did you? But you didn't give up on that. You just kept getting up on that bike, and pretty soon it was just second nature. I understand you don't feel comfortable praying because you don't pray. But you know what? I'm not asking you to come up on the platform and pray. I'm asking you to pray with your covenant partner. And so you just start doing it. And the more you do it, the more comfortable you will be in doing it. And all you have to start out with is a prayer like this. Lord Jesus, thank you for my wife. And then women, you pray. And I believe that as you do that, God will draw you together as couples and God will draw you together as families as you get your priorities straight and you make him number one. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. I believe if we get our priorities straight and God is number one, I believe everything else falls into place. If I'm speaking at a youth retreat, I ask this question. If you go home from this retreat and you read your Bible every day and you pray every day for the next 30 days, at the end of 30 days, will Jesus love you more than he loves you right now? And I say to them, the answer is no. If you go home from this retreat and you never read your Bible, and you never pray, at the end of 30 days, will Jesus love you less than he loves you right now? And the answer is no. So when I say that, teenagers look at me and they say this. Well, then, like, um, well, then, like, uh, well, then, like, I don't get it. Well, then, like, why read my Bible? Then, like, why pray? Like, I don't get it. And this is what I say to them. I do not read my Bible so that God will love me. I read my Bible because I love God. I do not seek to pray so that God will love me. I pray because I love God. I want you to go home as individuals. I want you to go home as families. And I want you to seek the Lord. And I want you to read the word. And I want you to pray. Not because you have to. Not because you're on a guilt trip. But you do it because you love Jesus. And your highest calling is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And one way you do that is by connecting with him on a regular basis. 
You know, I wrote the book Built for Last, Built to Last, and I take you through the book of James one verse at a time. And I explain it, I apply it, I give you something to talk about, something to pray about, something to journal about in each devotion, over 90 devotions. That's something you could use for family devotions, something you could use individually. Whatever will help you, whatever will motivate you to begin to spend time with God regularly, I want to call you to do that. What is a weakness you struggle with? As you look back on 2022, what is it you struggled with? I'm not going to ask you to say anything. I'm not going to ask you to raise hands. But let me make some suggestions. You struggled in 2022 with pornography. You struggled in 2022 with anger. You struggled in 2022 just relationally within your family. How can 2023 be different than 2022? Well, remember what I said yesterday. Your yesterdays do not determine your tomorrows. You can be different because Jesus will give you the power to be different. So you know what you do? You decide for 23 who's going to be in control of your life. Tomorrow morning when you get up and you brush your teeth, and by the way, please, tell me you brush your teeth in the morning, please. So when you get up in the morning and you brush your teeth, I want you to look in the mirror and I want you to ask yourself this question. Today, who's going to be in control of my life? Is it going to be me or is it going to be the Holy Spirit? And then you just pause right there and you say, Holy Spirit, I want you to be in control of my life. I cannot be the kind of man, the kind of woman I need to be. I cannot say the things I need to say. I cannot do the things I need to do. Holy Spirit, I need you. And the Holy Spirit will fill you and control you and will give you the power to do the things that God is leading you to do. This is not you pulling up your bootstraps. It's not about you trying to take care of your life. It's not about you working harder. It's about you surrendering to Jesus and saying, Lord, here I am. The good, the bad, and the ugly, here I am. And just like I gave you those dad hugs, so Jesus will wrap his arms around you. And he will fill you. And he will empower you. And he will take care of you. There are some things I can say at a youth conference and the room, boom, will just get dead quiet. And one of the things I'll say is this. As I travel and I talk to students, I hear these three things over and over again. You tell me if you can relate. Teenagers say to me, I'm stressed, I'm depressed, and I'm afraid. Boom. And the room just gets quiet. 
It's hard today. It's a hard world to grow up in. Parents, you remember what it was like when you were a teenager? Well, multiply that several times. That's what it's like to be a teenager today. There's stuff coming at you 24-7. Temptations lie around every corner. And you know what can begin to happen? We can begin to be overwhelmed with these emotions. The stress, the depression, the fear. And what's the answer to that? The answer to that is finding people we can trust and respect and talk with them about those feelings. And then also, it's all about you putting your life in the hands of God. Parents, I would recommend to you that you take aside your children individually, not as a herd, individual, and ask your teenager, ask your young person, are you struggling with stress or depression or fear? And then parents, bite your tongues. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Resist the urge to fix it and listen to them. And allow them to just share with you. Do I have a woman in here? You can be a young woman or you can be an older woman. But do I have a woman in here who would be willing to admit, you know what, Greg, I do struggle a little bit with worry and with fear. Anybody willing, willing to admit that? Thank you, right there. Thank you, brave one. Would you come up here a second? You're not going to have to say anything. And this is not to embarrass you, so come right up those steps. Tell me your name. Thank you, Joanna. I want you to put out your hand like this. Now, I'm doing this for Joanna, but this is for all of you. This is you. This is Jesus. Scripture says you are in Jesus, and Jesus is in you. This is God the Father. Scripture says... Jesus is in the Father, and the Father is in Jesus. Now look at where you are. You are deeply loved. You are cared for. You are protected. This coming year, 2023, I want you to put your life in the hands of Christ, and he'll take good care of you. Will you ever suffer? Yes, Will there be problems? Yes. Will there be struggles? Yes. But those are not there to destroy you. Those are there to form you more and more into his image. Take this quarter for crying out loud, don't spend it. I want you to take it home. I want you to put it on your dresser, put it on your desk. Every time you see that, just remember, no worry, no fear. Round of applause. Round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I want you to do. I want you to put your life in the hands of Jesus. I want you to be filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit. And I want you to go from here to walk 
with God. I'm going to pray for us right now. And what I'd love you to do as families, if you're together as families, I'd love you to take hold of each other's hands or you can just put your arms around each other. And by the way, if you're not sitting with your family right now, move to them. Get up and move, especially if you're a young person. Get up and move. Don't make mom and dad who are old and decrepit move. Now, if you're in here and you're a single, you're up here as an individual, look around you and see if you might join a family. Families, look around. Do you see anybody who's just sitting there individually? Say to them, come join our family. Come join our family and sit with them. Okay, let's all bow together in prayer. What I want you to do is I want you to pray for the family member on your right. If there is no family member on your right right now, just pray for anybody in your family then. I want you to pray silently for them. I want you to thank God for them. I want you to ask the Lord to bless them. I want you to pray that God would raise them up as heroes of the faith. Now, if you just prayed for the person on your right, that family member on your right, and you love them and you care about them, give their hand or their shoulder a squeeze right there. And that just says, I love you. I pray for you. Now pray for the person on your left. Pray God's richest blessing on their life. Pray that the Lord would take care of them. Pray that God would work in and through them. Then if you just prayed for that person on your left and you love them and you care for them, just give their hand, give their shoulder a little squeeze right there. Lord Jesus, thank you for bringing us together as families, but more so as the family of God. And thank you that we belong to you and we belong to the body. And thank you that we are loved and thank you that we are cared for. And in the midst of global chaos and in the midst of all kinds of issues and problems, Lord, we're so thankful we can rest in your arms. We're so thankful that we can experience your peace that passes all understanding. We're thankful that we don't have to worry we're thankful that this isn't our home anyway. That one day we'll be with you in heaven forever. So Lord, I pray your richest blessing upon these families. I pray, God, that you would send them from here to make a difference in their world. For I just pray and I ask these things in the name of of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.